I love meat. Stu does not. I'm an American. He's a Canadian spy. That's not accurate. You're right. You're not Canadian. Anyway, uh, <laughs> here's what I want you to do. If you want great meat and you want to save the meat industry so we're not all eating, you know, bottled meat, uh, may I suggest that you uh, give good ranchers a phone call today. Get online and order your meat. The best cuts of meat from quality all-American sources and gives you two years of meat when you sign up. Okay, I'll wait. Two years at the same price. It's not going up from inflation. GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code Glen and save $25 off and $480 of free ground beef in your first two years. That's free. Plus, they lock in your price. It's GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code Glen for over $500 in savings. Subscribe to Good Ranchers, American Meat Delivered. to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. On yesterday's program, we had a former member of the Capitol Police who was giving us new information yesterday about what's on the tapes, what he saw, and who is responsible. He also gave us a name of somebody I had not heard of, and he said, everybody in America should know this name, uh, just like they know Ray Epps, but you should know this name as well. Steve Baker joins us with a further update on this. He's an investigative journalist and Blaze Media contributor. He is the guy that has been given permission to view the 12,000 hours of videotape. Uh, He may not get that chance because of a court case that is being heard today. We'll tell you all about it in 60 seconds. If you're stuck at your home for a few days during a natural disaster, how long would it take you to get to the duck sauce? I mean, you know, if Stu and I were locked over in his house, he'd be having duck sauce and I'd be sharpening the knives because, well, he's a... He's a vegetarian, so he's a little stringy, but at least it's meat. Um, Now, My Patriot Supply is offering a huge discount on their best-selling three-month emergency food kit. For a limited time, you're going to save 25% per kit that you order. That's the biggest discount they offer. Now, these kits include breakfast, lunch, dinner, and so much more. Snacks, 2,000 calories a day. Get at least one kit per person in your family from My Patriot Supply. Grab the 25% discount today before the offer expires. You'll get fast and free shipping. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Steve Baker, welcome to the program. 
Good to be back, Glenn. Thanks for having me. So I had you on, I think it was last week, and we were talking about the 12,000 hours that you have been promised your first up to view because you're working on a story for The Blaze, and you have found some pretty shocking things, but you need to verify before you even write this. You need to verify on tape, correct? That's correct. It's, it's actually 41,000 hours. It's, it's roughly the math is the 41,000 hours by a time, uh, 1700 plus cameras that are available in the ca- uh, Capitol campus. And that would be the 24 hour day of January 6th. That's where that 41,000 hour uh, number comes from. So they are going to court today to try to cordon off some of this tape and say, you can't see it because of national security. Is that going to prevail, and will that affect you? It's it's a interesting question because we have, as you know, uh, had limited access. There's only been five journalists given access up to this point. The first and most public of those was Tucker Carlson's staff's access. And then Julie Kelly, John Solomon, uh, Joe Hanneman from the Epic Times, and myself are the only five up to this point that we know of who have been given that access. And then there's been a pause button hit, and we were told that the reason why this pause button was hit was because they were developing a new media guideline. This was coming directly from uh, Speaker McCarthy's staff. And with this new guidelines that were going to be published, and this was supposed to be published over a month ago, and then I got a call from a staffer last week who told me very specifically, he said, you were first back in. You you're, you were the guy. We know what you're working on. We want this story out. And you're going to be the first one back in under the new guidelines. And they told me that this guidelines was going to be out last Friday. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, and so we still haven't seen the guidelines. And I'm wondering if there's not some connection to this new judicial watch. Uh, fi- it's not a new du- judicial watch filing, by the way. They filed right. this lawsuit back in February of 21, just a month after January 6th. But the point being is, is that the Capitol Police themselves do not want people to have access to this video. So that's what's that's what's coming up in court today. That's a a decision that prevents us from getting back in. That is a real problem. This is the people's videotape. This is the people's house, the people's uh, capital. And we're not allowed to see the videotape. I don't buy. It's not for um, uh, and a reason that is mm, less than dark. So yesterday, yesterday we had a former um, Capitol Police officer on with us, and he said, uh, nobody knows who Julie Farnham is, and everyone should know. Do you know her, and what can you tell us about her? Julie Farnham was hired by the Capitol Police uh, just uh, October of 2020, so just three months before January 6th. And she was brought in to basically revamp, which was a what they refer to in uh, the um, January 6th committee testimony as being a, a failing agency or a failing division uh, itself. And she came from uh, Homeland Security. She was actually oversaw what they called their immigration vetting di- division. So <laughs> imagine what that was like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she did, she did say that that was a significant intelligence position that she held and that she was uh, uh, then brought in to oversee this 12 person internal Intel analyst division at the Capitol police. 
what she describes as an intelligent consuming division, not an intel gathering division, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I will tell you this, that there's not really anything nefarious at all. As a matter of fact, her her testimony, even before Pelosi's J6 uh, select committee is is quite uh, damning as to what was available to them. She was very clear that they had significant in, intel. In fact, they had intel that said specifically that there were going to be a large number of armed and w- with weapons uh, protesters uh, coming to the Capitol that day, that there was actual intent to actually invade the Capitol that day, and that furthermore, there were uh, there was intelligence that they intended to actually take out Congress members. And with all of that intelligence there and reported to the January 6th committee, this information has never been shared with the American public. But I have the transcript of her testimony. Holy cow. So um, Farnham, she worked for Farnham, right? In the intelligence arm of of the Capitol? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she, she, she would have been reporting directly to uh, Assistant Chief Yogananda Pittman, who was the head of uh, Capitol Police Intelligence. Okay. And then when she moves over to the chief of police, Pittman, uh, mm-hmm. then Farnham goes where? Farnham was with the uh, agency for, or, or with the, the department, the Capitol Police, as their, what they call, Assistant Director of Intelligence and Interagency Coordination. So she headed up that division for about two and a half years before she went back into apparently private practice. She's no longer with them. She left in May of this year. Okay. So why would he say yesterday that we need to know her? She sounds like a good guy. Yeah, I, I, I will. I will tell you that the background that I have personally done on Farnham doesn't give me any indication that she herself had any nefarious intent, but. I will tell you that, again, going back to her testimony before the select committee, that there there are more clues about what um, uh, Lieutenant Johnson said in that that she absolutely called an intelligence meeting with the upper echelon of Capitol Police leadership. And this was on January 4th, in which she specifically says that. both uh, Chief Gallagher and Chief Pittman were present, and she even says to the committee, it is my understanding that Chief Sund was not invited, quote unquote. Hmm. So who would have the power or what would the motivation be for Pittman not to pass all of this intel along? Well, what what would be the motivation? I mean, we we have to you know with any any type of uh, government operation, we have to start with uh, incompetence. We you know we always start there. And when we're talking about the the, uh, the the actual police department administrated by the largest, most incompetent government in the world, you know, mm. it, it, it's a fair place to start before you get into malfeasance or malevolence or anything of that sort. But the fact that they knew, and this is this is a very, very important for the American people to know, is not only that they have the intelligence, and it wasn't just from their own internal an- analysts. This this intelligence of uh, of a significant event that was coming their way was uh, testified uh, to by many other sources. We know that the FBI was sharing intelligence with them. They were receiving intelligence 
all the way from the New York Police Department that there was uh, significant nefarious operators that were going to be descending on D.C. that day. And then, of course, we also have heard, uh, as we heard in the Tucker Carlson, Stephen Sund interview last week, that uh, we had both the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley, as well as the uh, uh Secretary of Defense uh, Chris Miller wanted to shut D.C. down. They wanted to close. They wanted to cancel all of the permitted events. And this is the other thing that Americans don't know is that the Capitol Police themselves had issued at least six what they call First Amendment protest permits for that day. And these were signed off by the Capitol Police in which they knew that members of Congress were going to be speaking at some of those side stage events on the Capitol property. We're not talking about the, the big rally that Trump was holding at the Ellipse, but these were events that were scheduled, permitted, legally so, signed off by the Capitol Police leadership. And for some reason, none of that information was ever passed down to their um, uh command level officers like Lieutenant Johnson. None of that information was ever shared in their morning roll call briefings that morning. We know from multiple testimonies, uh, both on the record and off the record with uh, Capitol Police officers, frontline officers, that they knew nothing about what was coming their way that day. We even heard those testimonies in trials. In the first Oath Keeper trial, uh, there was an officer by the name of Ryan Salky, and he was he was a brave officer. He stood his ground on the east uh, door. That's where the famous Columbus doors are. He was getting beaten, manhandled. He was getting just drenched in all manner of pepper spray and OC spray. And he never left his post until that door was finally breached. And in that trial, he was asked under cross-examination if he knew about the permitted events on the Capitol grounds that day. And he said, no. He said, the only thing I know, and I, and I quote from my own notes because I was there at that trial, he said, I only knew something was happening at the White House. What do you what conclusion do you draw and are we ever going to get to the end of this? Are we ever going to find out what really happened? What happened to the pipe bombers? What, what happened? Where is that? Well, exactly. Look, Glenn, I, I draw the same conclusion as Tucker did in that interview last week. Uh, it, this sounds like a setup and, and it and there's just too many missing or there's too many elements here, too many uh, connective tissues Correct. showing that it was for this to be just gross incompetence. And in, and in fact, in, in Farnham's um, uh, assessment, one of the last things that questions that she was asked was, was this a failure leading up to uh, January 6th? And her answer was very simply this. She said, I don't think it was a failure of intelligence. I think it was a failure to operationalize the intelligence. And of course, she would not have had the, uh, it was not her position to uh, do and write the morning briefings for those officers that day. Somebody had that information Obviously, it goes right up to Pittman's office, and she had a briefing with them on the 4th. That information was shared, and for some reason, they did not disseminate that to their officers that day. Hmm. Uh, do you know what happened with or where we are on the pipe bomb? Is that just over? We're not looking for uh, those? Well, it's, it's still called an open investigation, which is why in recent hearings on, on the Hill that they won't answer questions about it. Because, as you know, they always say, well, that's an open investigation. I can't talk about it. Jeez. 
but but I will tell you this: we know that the pipe bombs themselves were inoperable. They were um, they were stunt pieces. They they were never intended to go off. They were basically diversionary tactics because the first one was found in the minutes before the first barricade breach at about twelve fifty two p.m. that day, and then the second was found just after that. And when both of those were found, and you can hear it on the Capitol Police radio comms, which I've heard. All of them. I've heard hours and hours of their radio com, uh, communications. I've read the transcripts that there is uh, absolutely was chaos in that moment because now the, the undermanned Capitol Police, which is a whole other story in and of itself, is why a department with almost 2000 uniformed officers that day only had a couple hundred available on campus at the time. And then they were additionally diverted because those pipe bombs were found at buildings under the purview and the responsibility of the Capitol police themselves. It is almost like what a terrorist does when they set off a bomb and all the first responders go there uh, and are distracted from what really is going on, or they're blown up at the, at the site, they drag them in. I think these guys with the pipe bombs clearly were dragging the Capitol police away so things could get uh, much, much worse. Do you believe... That's the only conclusion. Yeah. Do you believe, uh, Steve... I, in fact, let me stop for one minute, and then I've got one more question for you. Hang on. Let me tell you about Relief Factor. Life gets so busy sometimes. If you're anything like me, you don't have time to be held back from living because you're in pain. Most of the aches and pains that we suffer, especially on a regular basis, are caused by inflammation. And if you've ever had it, you know exactly what I mean. You don't have to suffer through frequent, terrible pain. I had it in my hands for a while that it was so bad. And finally, I gave Relief Factor a try. I took the hard stuff. Yeah, ibuprofen 800. Didn't work. Didn't work. When did I finally try Relief Factor? Well, I tried because my wife said she's not going to listen to me anymore whine about it until I tried everything. I got my life back. Thanks to my wife. It's a three-week quick start, 1995, a trial pack, not a drug, developed by doctors. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. It's relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. Steve, in your investigation that you're doing, and we don't want to give out any details until you find what you're looking for. You say you have the smoking gun. You just have to get it, and hopefully it's not uh, you're not shut out from it after today's uh, hearing. Um, but how close are you really to being able to prove that this was at least aided and abetted by somebody in our government? I, I can tell you that there were specific circumstances that have been produced in trials and given to the American people through the media sources, the mainstream media mostly, that stories that have been told in those trials are not what uh, the truth uh, is is shown through these videos. We we have we have clear cut examples that I have found of, and I, there's just no other way to say it. I have found. As I, I think I said to you last last week, uh, the kill shot on actual um, manufacturing of evidence that did not exist 
by the by the truth of the video reveal, as well as the suppression of exculpatory evidence in some of these trials uh, that is is nothing more than a conspiracy by both the uh, Department of Justice and FBI to create uh, evidence out of whole cloth to convict individuals as well as to suppress uh, evidence. Usually when that happens, everybody is released because if they're suppressing evidence or doing anything else, you can't trust any of the court cases at all. Do you think you'll see these people go free? Uh, I, I think that once we once we reveal this information, and, and Glenn, to be honest with you, if they block us from getting the uh, access to the videos, I've already seen it. I've read an, uh, at least a dozen other people into this, as well as other eyeballs have seen the information that, uh, that I have found. In fact, we, we called uh, after the first day of what we stumbled upon. I immediately got on the phone, called Mike Howell from the Oversight Project at uh, the Heritage Foundation and had him come over, and I showed him what we found because I needed somebody else's eyeballs on this, that it was that big and it was that important. So even if they, they uh, withhold the access to, uh, in other words, they don't give me the video clips on a hard drive and allow us to, to show this to the American people, I already have the camera numbers, I have the timelines, and we will reveal the cover-up if we have to go that far. Wow. Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing, Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I just... I think Americans are just tired of all of this and just want justice one way or another. You know, if bad guys are on our side, put them in jail. If bad guys are on the other side, put them in jail. Um, I'm, I'm so tired of this game that they're playing and our children and our children's lives and opportunities all at stake, all at stake for what? So they can have more power and more money. It's grotesque. Steve, thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate it. You know, I was um, at our, our daily uh, meeting with the producers today, and Michaela said, man, today, oof, today I just I read all of the, the news in the show prep, and uh, it just hit me so hard. I, I'm really having a hard time. I had to stop and pray. And I... I'm like, really? Because I thought today was kind of a slow news day. It was kind of the <laughs> typical. It's weird how some days, you know, it hit us differently. Um, we are in the battle of our lives for the battle of the republic. And I personally think there is so much good news. The logjam. We are so close, so close to be able to unravel this whole thing. And Americans are waking up. Stay calm, cool, and collected. The Glenn Beck Program. You remember when you're, you know, hard-working, God-fearing, family-oriented people that were living in this country constituted the majority? Yeah, yeah, me too, but I'm old. Shared a little something called American values. What are those? Well, the idea of contributing to companies that promoted leftist, socialist, and communist ideals, that wasn't part of them. That was ridiculous. But the times are behind us now, especially with companies like Patriot Mobile, where we don't have to give our hard-earned money to those awful companies. Patriot Mobile, they're on the front lines of protecting American values for the next generation and fighting against the left's capture of the American businesses. 
Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide uh, networks so you'll get the best possible service in your area. Switch today. Make this the day that you start taking the first step in standing up and saying no more. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Get free activation today at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn and get involved with Blaze TV. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, I know the president is all about Maui right now, mm. but we thought maybe there could be some extra help. Uh, and so Mercury One is uh, working with our partners in Maui to be able to get relief and supplies to them and uh, make sure that everybody has whatever it is they need that we could provide. Just join us at mercuryone.org and give to our emergency relief fund. Again, uh, I mean, you know, Biden is. Oof. You're not going to go as far as Biden. Like, you're not going to no. go to the beach for this, are you? No, I'm not going to go to the beach. Okay. No, yeah. I can't do that. The only way to honor Maui and to support them is to go to the beach. Right? Like Chris Christie. Now, see, you. <laughs> like, you want to look like Chris Christie, taking pic- people taking pictures of you from a helicopter. That's what that looked like from, to me with Biden, except he's a little thinner. Um, other than that, it was pretty much the same photo. So, you, what you're saying to me is. I should go to the beach, but I can't. You should go because that would support Maui. That's how the president is doing it, and that's how you should, should do it as well. I think we should all go to the beach. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I think we should all leave. Just go to the beach right now. I was talking to uh, Doug Gowdy from WGY this morning, and he, uh, our affiliate in Albany, New York, and he brought up, he's like, you know, the guy I used to work with is from Hawaii. Like, if you didn't want to do anything about Maui, why not call Barack up and just be like, hey, why don't you take this one on? Be the face of this. Maybe uh, go out there and try to help the people a little bit. I if don't he doesn't think he even do- knows what's going on. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He has no idea. You think they're telling him about Maui? I doubt it. I mean, it really is pathetic. And it, 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 I mean, it, for multiple levels, too. Like, it's wrong because these people really need help. This is a real tragedy. It's the worst wildfire, uh, as far as death a goes, in 150 thousand, years. A thousand people are still missing. Is it really that high? A thousand. Wow. I read that last night. I couldn't believe a thousand okay. are still missing. And not all over and over again. The government promised we have the highest tech warning systems for anything like this. Everything. We don't worry about it. We've got you. We've got you. And then when it happened, none of the warning signals went off. No one even knew this was happening. People were waking up at five o'clock in the morning uh, to smoke and fire all around them with no hope. And then they had to sit there and bob in the water for hours until someone came to rescue them. I mean, it is incomprehensible how bad this has been handled. What bothers me is just. You know, I don't know. I think I have a bigger problem with hypocrites than I do with actual just plain old criminals. You know what I mean? Mm. Criminal who's like, yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, I whacked the guy. What? I mean, I have more respect for that than than the president and his his uppity attitude that he's full of compassion and he just loves everybody, and it's time to bring everybody together. He didn't go to Ohio. 
He didn't go to Ohio. No. Didn't he, he say he was going to? And then yeah, never, and then never, never went. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to Hawaii. I mean, who is this guy? And let's stick a step back from doing the right thing, because I don't know if people have noticed this. The Biden administration doesn't seem concerned with such things. Yeah. So just step back to the point of like, the man is in the middle of a presidential election. Like, just politics 101 would tell you to appear engaged. So look at the difference. With the situation. Look at the difference between the hurricane in Florida and the way DeSantis handled that mm. and in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, DeSantis has had several of these situations that have gone on in Florida, and he's looked really good in all of them, uh, where the situation with, I mean, all over and over again, he's doing this, right? Uh, Buttigieg doesn't show up, uh, you know, Biden. I, I mean, I don't know that he should show up to Hawaii right now. Probably not ideal, but still he should be, he should be doing daily press conferences uh, with updates, oh, how the resources are getting there. I mean, ju- again, separating this from what's right and wrong. I, I, I have no expectation of him even attempting to do something that's right. I'm just saying from the idea of trying to win an election. Do you remember what it looked like when, when, uh, when George, George Bush, Bush looked out, to- when he did go and he, but he just looked out the window of the plane at the uh, when he was observing it, and there was a picture of that. His presidency was destroyed, yeah, partially and by he that. He did that. He did that because he wanted to go, but did not want right. to trouble the people of New Orleans with a presidential visit. Right, and I can understand not a, a presidential okay. visit is not appropriate at this moment. But like he wanted to appear uh, engaged. Now I think. George W. Bush wanted to help the people I do too. too, but I think he also wanted to appear engaged in a in a major story where a lot of people were suffering. And the, the president goes to the beach, and by the way, not word one from the media. Remember all the people who were talking about how often George Bush played golf. Remember those days? Oh, uh, by the way, Biden has already surpassed the most vacation days, most vacation days than anybody else ever in the presidency. I am not surprised. And, and so you have the, uh, a situation where it's just surprising that you think they would say to him, look, you have to at least imp- appear like you care. I know you don't, but can you appear like you care about this? Because we have a presidential election coming up unless he just knows he's not running. Unless he's already he's already resigned himself to saying I'm not going to do this anyway. Who cares? Or, or he's or he already knows he's won. Or he already knows right around the corner the next day is going to be a giant Trump indictment, and no one's going to be talking about the way he's handling Maui. Uh, and I know it would be shocking because they always say they heard about this stuff on the news, just like us. They never know what Merrick Garland's going to do. They didn't know what this prosecutor is going to do. They never know. They always learn about it actually after us because we they're that disengaged with this process. It's totally independent, Glenn. But given the fact that this came out, again, people are not going to be focusing on what Biden is doing with Hawaii. Uh, but this, of course, story is yet another chance to try to throw President Trump in prison. No. You know, hang on before you go. It's just I, I I gave you the opportunity to give the truth about you did. I did. Oh man. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know he doesn't care. He doesn't care. You have failed to tell the American people the truth about the FEMA administrator. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Deanne Chriswell. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't say anything about Deanne Chriswell. You didn't. You didn't. 
She said uh, she has a desire for the government's efforts to assist the survivors. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have the actual quote here. Go ahead and play this. It's very. Can you speak to the issue of ongoing communications in the earliest crisis? That was a problem and people getting information, whether it was the warning systems or any of that. But with towers down and uh, difficulty, how much is the inability to communicate with the citizens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with each other, still an ongoing part of what you're dealing with and what can be done to augment uh, communication capabilities? No, I can't speak to the initial communications and the warning. Uh, what we are really focused on right now is making sure that we do have continuous communication to help people understand mm-hmm. what resources are available, what the next steps in the process are going to be, and where they can go to get more information. Okay, well, the see, now that seems like uh, she didn't, but we cut it off too early mm. because she said we're working with our state and local partners to ensure that our outreach and our messaging is also culturally responsive. Oh, okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Like, so lots of eyes with apostrophes and other eyes. Yeah. Mm. I, you know, I think it's really, really good. And uh, I want to be culturally appropriate as well. So I'm sending in from my childhood, my puka shells. Wow. That's, yeah. Wow, I'm gonna, what a brave gonna, choice. Yeah, I know. Thank you. That's really impressive. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I mean, can you believe, what are you talking about? What no you, one cares about cultural. Uh, culturally responsive? What are you talking about? Rescue us. Okay, fix our houses. Next time, don't let this happen again. How about that? Maybe maybe have uh, Biden show some uh, some attention to the area and maybe get off the beach uh, for a little bit. That would be nice. Don't worry about what the culturally appropriate thing is to say. Just help people. Well, help people in that moment. I really, I like Biden, and I'm being sincere, I like Biden's approach. It has nothing to do with the federal government. <laughs> has not, these things should be taken care of by the American people. No, I know that. you don't like his approach. No, I know. But I think the president shouldn't be involved in all of these things. Mm -hmm. uh, And the government shouldn't be the first responder. It should be the last responder. However, that's not what they're doing. They're they're always saying, we're the best. We're going to get in there. We're going to do it. They don't care. I've never seen an administration that cares less about the American people than this than this group of people. I really haven't. I haven't seen anything close to it. They don't care. Because they at least pretend. These guys don't. No. They, they don't care at all. I mean, why would you tell millions of people they're going to get their loans forgiven when you know it's not going to happen? You, do, you just tell it anyway. Let them get all excited. Let them start spending more money that they should have been putting toward their loans. And then just rip the rug right out from under them and act like nothing happened. Even though you knew the whole time it was going to be ruled unconstitutional. Of course they knew that. But they did it anyway because they don't care about people. It's a very consistent message from this administration in actions. And on the two-year anniversary of the disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan. Because they didn't care. They did not care at all about that situation. He he never said anything about the people falling from the airplanes. I mean, it's a very consistent. I mean, look, in in not necessarily in words, but in actions, it's a very consistent message. And in, with the Maui situation, it's kind of actually consistent in words too, because there's nothing happening. There's nothing happening. And I don't know, man. I guess they just feel so shielded from the media at this point 
then they don't have to do anything. I guess he believes running a campaign from his basement will work again. So he doesn't have to campaign. He doesn't have to look like he's engaged. He doesn't have to care that he that people are dying uh, and have died in Hawaii in one of the worst tragedies we've seen in a long time. He doesn't even have to appear to care and he could still win. I guess that's his, his idea. But well, uh, we thought it was a, crazy last time. I know. I know. We thought it was crazy last time. Maybe he's right. I, I really think that Donald Trump should run the campaign that Joe Biden ran in 2020. So we just never see either of the candidates? <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, just why do it from your house and just, you know, hey, here I am. Uh, and and just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think Donald Trump has anything to gain by going to this Fox. And I hope he does, I, you know, as a person. But I don't, I don't think he has anything to gain. I mean, look, from a game theory standpoint, there's a really good argument for him not to go to this. From a country standpoint, I mean, look, he's the leader. He should be there at a debate. Don't you think? Isn't it weird? I understand from a game. Th- like, if I'm a manager of a, of, a, of a sports franchise and this is the game I'm trying to manage, I would say to him, look, you're up by 30 or 40 points. What's the point of this? Wait till one of these guys breaks breaks out, then go face him one on one or two or one on two, and you don't have to worry about this. I get that, but like, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it's the right thing to do to hear from this guy. If he's if he's going to be winning by forty points, we should probably be hearing from him and and let him compare himself to everyone else. He's done well in these debates. I don't think he's afraid of it. I think he's just looking at it as what's to gain here. What am I going to go up by fifty? And I get that. But it doesn't feel like the right way to to go through this process. Do you agree with that? I do, but I also think strat- strategically yes. for him, Why I would be saying, don't go. Yeah, let, let Mike doing? Pence and Chris Christie yell at each other. Right. Let Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy yell at each other for a while. You sit back. They go punish each other. If one of them breaks out, which there's honestly no indication that may not even happen, honestly. With all these indictments coming down, he may win by 80 points. That's crazy. But like, I, I, I can totally understand it from a game theory standpoint. That What is there to gain? But I mean, there is something very American about this process where we're supposed to see these guys together. I know. Arguing out these ideas. And I wish at some point, maybe in my lifetime, we will have a conversation about a policy. Like, but I, I don't just think want we will. that to happen. Fox News. I don't think Fox News is going to ask all the same boring, yeah. uh, you know. Who's doing? Uh, do we know how, who, who's uh, How much thing? more money will you give to Ukraine? Do you think that's enough? I mean, when will you go to war with Ukraine? It'll just be these typical questions, unlike anything that happened at the summit. It's time I mean, for Martha, Martha McCallum and Brett Baer. I think they'll ask some good questions. I mean, Brett Baer, they're both. They both they're pretty, both pretty good. There's some over there that I, I'm not a huge fan of. You know, the the Fox News operation has taken its hits over the past couple of years. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't I don't have a problem with those two. I, I they they may very well ask a lot of dumb questions. I'm not saying they won't, but I mean, they might. I do say that I'm seeing this now. This this uh, description of the debate includes pre-taped questions submitted by students. Oh God! Oh, can we stop oh, with stop it? it? Stop with oh. the pre-taped. Uh, stop it. Just ask. Can't, can't. No. I say our coverage, we should run, I don't know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And we'll just comment as if that's the debate. Yeah, it'll be more interesting. I mean, it's just, yikes. I don't know. 
We'll see. By the way, it's a week from tomorrow. We do have Blaze TV coverage, blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn, on youtube.com slash America. We will have extended coverage of the debate where we can yell about all the pre-taped questions from students. All right, so look in the mirror. Do you see the dark spots? Uh, if you do, they're not going to go away on their own. But there is good news from GenuCell. The dark spot corrector from GenuCell is right in time for all the summer fun. Dark Spot Corrector has not one, but three cutting-edge ingredients. It goes to work fast to target sunspots, dark spots, liver spots, even discoloration on both your face and hands. You'll be amazed at how quickly you see results. And if you don't see the results, you get your money back. No questions asked. So go to GenuCell.com right now. Get your Dark Spot Corrector plus the best-selling Ultra Retinol Moisturizer with powerful retinol alternative for safe use in the summer sun. GenuCell.com slash Beck right now. Get these amazing summer essentials and save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package. Free shipping, free returns, and the best luxury skincare you've ever used. All at 70% off. It's at GenuCell.com slash Beck. A free mystery luxury gift while supplies last as well. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. Well, we uh, Stu was just saying that uh, the Fox News Channel is doing, you know, uh, uh, it, teenagers, I guess, or students asking questions of the candidates. And uh, Andre is uh, on the phone now. You're one of those students. It's Henry. Yeah, uh, Henry. Yes. Yeah, you snob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I asked some questions. They only took one of them. Yeah. I asked in Fortnite, what's your favorite gun? And then I asked, what's your favorite tower upgrade in Roblox? And they didn't accept either of those. They only accepted my third one. What well, which is? How much more money will you spend on Ukraine? <laughs> they took that one right away. All right. Good. Thank you, Henry. I, I appreciate it. It's Henri. It's Henri. I... The Glenn Beck Program. <laughs>